it's an honor to get to share with you this morning. It really is. I never take it for granted to the honor of doing that. If you're watching online, we're so glad you're connected with us. We're blessed to have you with us. And this year, we are looking at stretching and strengthening as a theme for our church. We've been looking at a variety of different things. And more recently, we've been looking at culture and what that means. We've been talking about our values, which are unity, generosity, honor, excellence, and celebration. And these are our values that we want to be reflected in our behavior as individuals, but we want them to be reflected in every area of our church, but also as we live our lives. And culture isn't just something that happens, but it happens when individuals like you and I come together to create an environment where we determine what values we're going to have. We determine how we're going to live. And as I was preparing for this message, I was, I was thinking back to one of the first messages I ever got to preach. And sometimes I cringe when I think back, to be honest. I think the first time I ever spoke was something called Deeper that we used to do before church started from 10 to half 10. And, um, and I remember I had half an hour to share and, um, and I spoke for like five minutes and I had like a song because it was around communion. And I think I played that song about five times to fill the time just because uh, it was a disaster. But one of the first messages I ever remember preaching was a, a message called, Why is Greater Than What? And I remember preaching it, and I remember thinking I've come up with this original concept, and then I found out loads of people have spoken about this and wrote this, and it wasn't an original. But I can confirm I didn't steal anyone's notes. I think the first time I ever preached was a preach called, like, Scandalous Love or something like that, where I probably just ripped off, like, I mean, every preacher or youth preacher I'd ever heard in my life. But this was the first one that was original. And it came to my mind as I was preparing this morning, because I couldn't escape this idea of Why? And so I started singing to myself, you know, the Backstreet Boys song, Tell Me Why. Tell me why. Tell me why. See, Kira, you were wrong. Because I said to Kira before church I was going to do that, and she said, nobody's going to sing. Nobody, everyone's going to leave you hanging. And, um... But I couldn't get away from this concept of why. So my message this morning is titled, Tell Me Why. And um, I thought you would sing. I thought it would be some Backstreet Boys fans. And, um, but tell me why. And as, as in, I'm going to come to the Bible verse in a moment. But I love the West Wing, the TV show. And it's my go-to show. When there's nothing else to watch, I just go back and watch it. It's the greatest. But I was watching it the other day. And I got to this episode where there's, a, there's like the, the president... The chief of staff, the senior staff, and pretty much just everybody else is like the lower staff. And then the same, one of the members of the senior staff gave this lower staff member this task of, I need you to like put this position paper, I need you to condense it into two pages. I need you to pretty much take what I've written, summarize it, and then I'll pass it on to the boss. And so he gives this task and <laughs> the, the, the lower staff goes away and comes back in the episode and it's like, You've changed my position. You've changed my opinion on the whole thing. Like I told you to just summarize what I said. And so they go back and forth and she's explaining why he's wrong. And he's like, okay. And then he just takes it to the chief of staff who then just takes it to the president. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we're doing that then. And this lower staff member's like, excuse me, you're going to have to tell me when that happens. Why? Because she had explained her why behind what she said, which convinced him. He then convinced the chief of staff who then convinced the president, and this lower staff member's thinking, uh, sorry, I can't just, what just happened? 
But the reason it worked was because she had explained the why behind the what. And so often we can think, well, what is our culture and what is our values? But actually the most important thing to remember is why. And we've been talking about culture and you might be saying, what's that got to do with culture? But I'm so glad you asked because the answer about everything that we do is about people. The why behind our culture values is always about people. It's about people, people, people. And I want to draw your attention to Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47 which are on the screen. If you can't read them, I'm sorry, but I asked Gary to do something a bit different this week. And, but I will read them and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And it, it says this, it says, Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. You see, in these precious six verses, and it's the, the start of the church to give some context. Jesus has been born, he's lived, he's died, he's been resurrected. He's came to his disciples, he's told them, I need you to wait in Jerusalem and you'll receive the Holy Spirit, similar to what we're just singing in the song. The Holy Spirit has then fell upon them and empowered these believers to just become the church. The church is like established here for the first time and these believers are together and God is moving. But the reason I asked Gary to do these funky colors is because you'll find if you look and pay close attention our five values are found in the values here when the church was first established. You see, every believer was devoted to following the teachings. Their hearts were mutually linked. There's unity here. There's a deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus was clearly doing it through them. But here we see the excellence of them using their gift for God's glory. But they shared whatever they had with one another and out of generosity, there's generosity to be found here. They celebrated together daily and they shared together with joyful hearts and humility. There's honor here. All five of our values are reflected in this, the church, and I'm not saying that we're like them, but the values here are so clearly described. And as I was thinking about this this morning, I was thinking about these are the values that they've clearly identified and decided these are going to be the framework. These are the values we want to see. These are the biblical values that we want to see reflected in our church. And people carry these values and it, it becomes clear to me that people are at the center of the whole thing. You see, there's two types of people who I find in this story. is There's people who are part of the church, those of us here, how they interacted with one another, how they honored one another, how they valued one another, how they were generous and how they celebrated together. But there's something about when we do that part right that God adds daily to the number. There's something about people within this that actually if we can get these values right, when I read my Bible, 
And you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but nowhere in these verses did it say that God did it. Nowhere does it say that it was because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, though I'm absolutely certain that helped. But there's nowhere it's clear to me that these people have decided as individuals that I am going to carry out these values. That's why I believe that today we can still see this coming to pass. Why? Because it's the same God and the same Holy Spirit that empowers us. But it takes all of us to decide, you know what, I'm going to reflect these values. You see, I believe that culture here can impact every aspect of our life. I believe that it's not just a coincidence that as these values were practiced that people began to get saved or people began to, we've seen God moving in miraculous power. I don't think it's a coincidence that God continued to bless them and to bless them and to bless them. It says that in this, if you can't probably see at the bottom, but they enjoyed the favor of all people. Now to give a bit of context at this time, this was in the midst of the Roman Empire where the Roman Empire just, like, but it says that they received the favor of all people, which would imply to me there was even some Romans who gave them favor. Why? Because God blesses unity. God blesses these values. I believe it's found in Acts chapter 2, but more so than that. If you don't believe me, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 to 23, he says, Even though I'm a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people, to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to the Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did it so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God, I obey the law of Christ. I.e., my values do not change. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Paul is writing here, and the Acts Church are writing here to say that my values don't change. My culture, the way I behave, never changes, regardless of what situation I find myself in. I can find myself at work and my values don't change. I can find myself at home, my values don't change. I can find myself in circumstances where it feels like hell is breaking out against me, but my values don't change. I can still be waiting for my breakthrough and for my healing, but guess what? My values don't change. I might might be in financial turmoil, but guess what? I'm still going to be generous. I might be going through times when I'm getting dishonored and I'm getting slagged off, but guess what? I'm going to choose to honor. Why? Because my values don't change. You see, I believe that our values can be bridges that connect us with one another. I believe that our generosity can open up doors of opportunity for one another. But more than that, I believe that they can be a bridge to Jesus. The way that we maintain unity when everything around us is division can just be a bridge towards Jesus. So I work hard to do my best at work and I want to give the best that I can and I might not be the best, but I'm going to give my best because my excellence can actually be a bridge for people to look at and they can see Jesus. The way that I honor others over myself and people might look at us and think, oh, well, they're just doing that so everyone thinks they're great. But no, I'm just trying to build a bridge to Jesus because I want to be someone who honors so that I can connect people to Jesus. I want to celebrate in a way that is so over the top and extravagant that people look at my life and think there's something different about him. It's so annoying how he celebrates when it, can we just clarify? I wouldn't, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. My family, we play Uno. And last night we had a family night. And I won. I don't normally win it, you know. 
to be honest. And it, but I wasn't, we, we play it you know, in a weird way, so it's like you've got a 300 limit and you get points depending on each round and you don't want points, so I was on 296 for about five rounds. <laughs> now, I had four points to play with and I still won. And I celebrated last night because I loved winning. <laughs> And that might seem silly to you, but I believe that as we celebrate even the little things in life, if we can celebrate in the good times and the bad times, it can be a bridge to Jesus. And if you don't like celebrating, I hate to break it to you, but there's a day coming in eternity when all we're going to do is celebrate the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the name that is above every name. So get used to celebrating now. Celebrate everything all of the time. Find reasons to celebrate. Like celebrate that it's raining, celebrate that it's sunny, celebrate. I mean, I'll be honest. It gets difficult round about this time of year because like, it gets dark all the time. Like, you wake up and it's dark and you go to bed and it's dark and it's cold. But guess what? Let's find a reason to celebrate. Why? Because it can just be a, belt, like, it can be a bridge that just connects people to Jesus. If nothing else, we can celebrate the fact that Jesus built a bridge to me. If nothing else, I can celebrate that every day. You see, our values can... They can be something that's just written down or they can be something that's really alive in us. That's something we can actively work towards. And I don't mean that it's going to be easy. It's definitely not easy. I mean, I say these things and it's, it's a struggle. Sometimes it's a daily struggle to live out these things. But wouldn't it be great if we could commit to just being on the journey? Even for you, you might be totally alien to all of this. Like, pick one. <laughs> And that's all if we commit to just one. And then once we feel like we've mastered that one, we'll pick another one. And then we'll pick another one. And I believe together, if we can be people who reflect these values, I 100% believe that God will just bless us. And, and we don't do it for the blessing. But I just think that there's something about this church that excites me when I read it. I read about the Acts Church and those miracles. And I mean, it's It's chaos. It seems like absolute chaos. I don't know. Imagine, could you imagine? Like in theory, if we if we take this, so it says the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Now imagine there's 365 days in a year because technically next year is not a leap year. So could you imagine if God only added one person every single day to our church, just one? It's 360. Could you, where would we go? Where would we actually put them? But you can't tell me he can't do it because he done it then and he's, he's not stopped. God's desire to add people daily is not based on anything. He's not stopped with that desire. So therefore it gets me thinking, maybe is it something to do with me? Is it something to do with the way that I behave? And is there something I can learn? about? Like, do you know what? I don't know. Maybe we can get all the values right and this won't happen. And then we can look at another reason. But I firmly believe in my heart of hearts that as we commit to living out these values, if we to care for one another and we should look out for one another and encourage one another it'll be reflective in the way don't you feel I don't know about you but like there's been times when I've maybe like I remember when I used to work for the bank and um, there was like maybe twice in about three years where I it had to work a Sunday hated it. I'd done everything I possibly could to get it off everything I could swapped changed my shift so I could come to church and see the weeks where I wasn't together with God's people they were much more difficult and I'm not saying it was the worst week of my, but they were just harder like I'm always more encouraged when I it's why I encourage you to be connected to a life it's why I encourage you to come if she is and to force me why because it just it's an encouragement you encourage others by being there but you also get encouraged and sometimes it can just be being in the atmosphere and I firmly believe that that will then have an impact on when we go to work or when we raise our kids or when we like deal with our neighbors when we deal with situations in life so I encourage you to just be as connected as we can 
Why? Because it's all about people, people, people. Now, I know it's all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was all about people, people, people. He's never stopped being about people and he never will stop being about people. That is the Jesus that we know and that we love. The Hope for Justice event is about people. Like, it's not about a great night. I mean, I'm, I'm singing at it. That's not why you should come. But, like, um, but I would, even if I wasn't, I'd be here. Why? Because even if I didn't like any of the music, which I will do, like, it's about people. <laughs> and, it, and you being here just makes it better. So everything we do is about people, people, people. It's always about people. And if we can remember that it's always about people, just remember that you were a person who was on the outside until somebody brought you in. And always remember it's about people, people, people. And I want to show you that this isn't just an Acts 2, 42, 47 thing. Because actually... If you go way back, way back many centuries ago, a song might say, God gave his people, the Israelites, the Ten Commandments. Now, I grew up thinking the Ten Commandments were just a list of rules, and effectively they are just a list of rules that we were supposed to follow because we were God's people. Like, that's effectively what they were, and I grew up with that mindset, and I'm not saying they're not that. But as part of our AOG training, part of our module, we talked about the, the basic doctrine of what we believe and how the Ten Commandments really were the framework and Jesus kind of fulfilled them because we never could because we're not perfect. But then Dr. Glenn Balfour explained to us that they actually were not just about an instruction for God's people to follow. Actually, God wanted them to follow them so that people from other cultures and other parts of the world will look at God's people and think, I want a piece of that. The way they interact with one another, the way they love God, the way that they love one another, the way that they treat one another, the way that it was so attractive. Their values were like, we want to be part of this kingdom. Why? Because there's something different about them than anyone else on planet Earth. And because, and they never had a king. Why? Because they only had one king. They actually went wrong when they tried to get a king of their own, but God still had a plan for that. And so often in life, that's when we can lose our way too, when we replace him as king with a million and one other things. But here are the Ten Commandments, in case you don't know. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not build false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet they're just a bunch of instructions, but when you read them down, could imagine what it would look like if we done that. Imagine if that's how we lived and that's how we aimed for it. I think you'd find it would be honor and there would be unity and generosity. There would be an excellence and a celebration. And these values, if we lived them out, would make us look so different from what the world that we look at just now. And it's not because we're better than the world, because we can take no credit in it. All of the glory goes to the King of Kings. But wouldn't it be something if we could just reflect the values within one another and how great we would feel as individuals, but also how powerful it would be if this group of people could just reflect these values. Our world would have to take notice. Our communities would have to take notice. Our schools, our workplaces, our business leaders, people of influence would have to notice and think there's something different about them. I want what they've got because everything I've tried could never satisfy me the way that they live. And it will give us an opportunity to just build a bridge towards Jesus and these precious people that he loves. You see, these values weren't just 
a fun idea God had, but it was God ordained. He designed it for a purpose because nothing is wasted for him. We didn't just come up with these values because we like the words and we want to show everyone we have values. We firmly believe that if we can reflect these, if these values can move from a wall to our hearts and to our actions, then we firmly believe that God will bless it and God will bless it and the Ayrshire can be transformed, that the West of Scotland can be transformed, that Scotland as a nation can be transformed. We believe that God has got a plan not just for here but actually for the entire planet Earth and we get to play a tiny part in this little corner. I don't know why. I don't know why God decided to include us in his grand plan, but he did. And I'm not going to argue with God. But I firmly believe that as we commit to these values and remember our why is about people here round about us, that we're all in this together. But also that we have a responsibility and an obligation to those outside to reflect these values, to show them the way to live. To show them that there's a way to live that satisfies everything you'll ever, everything you'll ever need, every desire you'll ever have can only be satisfied in the one who created you for his purposes. And so I just want to encourage you that to remember our why behind the values, they're not just nice words, but it's always about people. But the consequences, if we get it right, are that people will be added daily. I'm believing for the day with this church, and it's not about building a church, it's about building people who make an impact for the kingdom. But I'm believing for the day when it's true. Wouldn't it be great if we could have a year? And I'm not trying to prophesy this, but wouldn't it be great if we could have a year where every single day someone was added to God's kingdom through this? And I'm not, they might, it might be through the ministries that have yet to be birthed. It could be through Shears Forge. It could be through life. It could be through anything we do. Wouldn't it be great if just every day, and then it just, after a year, it then was like, we went two years. And we actually had this streak that just never ended where people were being added daily. What could that look like? Do you see it? I mean, I'm, I, I see it because I know that God's capable of doing it. And so I just want to be like, God, help me. Help me. I need your help, God, to be whatever and you need me to be in order that we can see that come to pass. The worship team can come up and I'm just going to pray because I just believe that we require bravery, boldness, and wisdom, but I believe that this can be an environment where God moves. That miracles can happen, where our needs can be met, where relationships and friendships can be found that go beyond like lifelong friendships that are meaningful. And this can be a place where freedom is found and we can be bridge builders because of the values that we reflect that come from Him. And so I just want to pray for us if we're able to stand, if you're able to. I just want to pray for all of us. And for those watching online and then we're going to worship the King of Kings and celebrate him because he is worthy of it all. But Father God, I just pray for every person here. Father God, I thank you for the values that we find in your word, Father, but I thank you that they're just more than words, that they become alive in our spirits, in our hearts, in our minds, in our actions. That we will, even if we take one and focus on it individually to say, I'm going to commit to do better at that in order that we can take one step closer to being the church that you call us to be. Father God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit who empowers us, Father. I thank you, Father God, for your word that keeps us on the right track. But God, I just pray more than anything, God, that we'll just remember that it's all about people, 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 Father God, because it's all about Jesus, 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 God, but you just care about people. So Father God, I just pray, Father, that you'll keep us on the the right track that you'll just bless us with help us to be unified where we'll receive your blessing help us to be generous in every aspect help us to honour help us to have an excellence and a commitment to doing the best that we can at all times 
God, help us to celebrate every single day in the sun or the rain or whatever seasons we find ourselves. Help us to be consistent in our values and that we'll decide our values now so that when tough times come, our values will never change in order that you will get the glory, that people will be added to your kingdom. We give you all of the praise, we give you all of the glory, and we give you all of the honor for you, the only one who is worthy of the all. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.